WBEZ is supported by Chicago Humanities, presenting live events with historians Doris Kearns Goodwin and John Meacham, comedian Reggie Watts, and filmmaker Miranda July, and artists Hebrew Brantley and Amanda Williams in conversation. Plus, MSNBC chief correspondent Ali Velshi on small yet powerful acts of courage throughout history. Tickets for these events and more conversations on arts, culture, and current affairs at chicagohumanities.org. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. If you've been on TikTok or Instagram recently, you may have come across the food trend known as girl dinner. I call this girl dinner. Girl Girl dinner. Girl dinner. Girl dinner. Girl dinner. Girl dinner dinner is the extension of a depression meal, but with experimenting. Still has all the waziness of keeping everything in its packaging, but it's spreading something on something and hoping, praying it tastes good. It's mostly ingredients. Like you could make a sandwich with what you have, but instead you're eating bread, cheese, and cold cuts all separate on a plate. It's something that we can all relate to, right? Who hasn't come home after a long day and just can't face the idea of firing up the stove to make a full meal? That's when you reach for the cheese and crackers or you open up a food delivery app for takeout. And here and there, that's totally fine. But delivery fees especially can begin to add up. So how can you build that habit of cooking more at home and make it more exciting than just a bag of instant noodles? We turn to two chefs for advice on how to start and maybe even learn to love home cuisine. Jordan Wimby is a chef, food preservationist, and cultural historian, though she might be better known by her Instagram handle, Melanin Martha. And Lisa Counts is the executive chef at The Chopping Block, which teaches courses on cooking techniques. I started by asking how often they partake in girl dinners at home. Everybody assumes being a professional chef, I eat gourmet meals every single night. But You don't? I, I am human, and I think everybody <laughs> has struggled with getting the motivation to cook. And growing up, we actually called them picky plates, not girl dinner. So I have been known to put a few random things on a plate and call it a meal. Leave it to TikTok to come up with some new name. Exactly. (laughs) I'm glad it's coming back around. But I think even if you do struggle with finding the motivation, um, you know, you can get over that hump by just trying, you know, simple techniques here and there to make it easy. Sure. What about you, Jordan? Oh, absolutely. I mean, (laughs) same thing. I mean, we live in a world where it's just you, you don't have a minute to just have a, have a moment of calm, you know, and every moment of our day is packed with something, whether it be taking your kids to school, going to work, working long hours, you know, we just, we're tired. And so I also struggle um, with finding the gumption sometimes to go in and make a gourmet meal at home. Yeah, I, I bet. I mean, and you share all sorts of delicious recipes that you've made at home. Have you always loved home cooking, Jordan? Oh, yeah. I've always loved home cooking. I mean, the kitchen is definitely has been my safe, my safe haven, my safe place for a very long time. It's a place that also brings me a lot of joy. Mm. Um, 
But just because it brings me joy doesn't mean that I always have the energy <laughs> right. energy to go in there. Right, um, right. But yeah, I do love home cooking. And I think I've also kind of found ways to minimize the stress and also continuously find the joy in little small ways. Yeah, I love that. Uh, and Lisa, the, the chopping block, as I mentioned, you're, you're teaching classes to help folks become better home chefs. This is literally what you do. So tell us more about the common reasons that you're hearing from people for why they're having such a hard time you know, cooking more at home, especially during the week. Um, I think the number one reason is time, where to find the time to prepare a meal, whether it's for themselves or a family. Mm -hmm. It can be hard when you have a full-time job and um, getting around can take even longer. Um, You get home and you don't want to do it. But I also find that a lot of adults have not been taught how to cook. Um, you know, and growing up, that was very important in my life. And now I really do enjoy being able to teach people the fundamental mm. basics. So it doesn't seem so hard. It doesn't seem so daunting. Are you seeing that more now? Like people who are coming in, you know, at the very beginning where they're like, I don't even know how. You would be so surprised at how many people come in and they just say, I, I've never learned how to cook or I make small little things, but nothing, you know. Yeah, like a real dinner. And we'll we'll talk more about that. I I love how you mentioned you know those those long work days because that is in fact reality, right? I, I'm experiencing that myself. My job is pretty demanding, and it, it's one that requires me to be on kind of all the time. Um, you know, whether I'm here in the studio or at home, because of course, I don't just magically know all this stuff. I've got to do some reading. There's research involved. So between you know prep and cooking and cleaning, I'm like I can't. I can't even function. I can't even think about doing all that in the kitchen. So over the years, what I've tried to do is find as many like 30 minute meals, 60 minute meals as possible. I mean, what's your advice on doing that? Um, You know, I find that the two hardest things is the prep and the cleanup. Um, And prep doesn't need to be that hard. You can take those little shortcuts to make your life easier, like using frozen, already diced vegetables Mm -hmm. and throw that into a prepared sauce. And now you're just putting these already made ingredients together to get your meal faster, but still not, you know, as expensive or as unhealthy as that takeout or, Mm. you know things like that. Yeah. Jordan, are there types of recipes that you recommend to to home chefs who have a lot of other responsibilities? Oh, yeah. I am um, definitely in my era of canned seafood. And I know that sounds very, very strange (laughs) for some people, but I absolutely have fallen in love with many, many different canned seafood brands. And I add them to pastas. I will have them just with, you know, crackers and like a nice seafood kind of inspired charcuterie board or like adding a nice steamed vegetable or kind of sauteed vegetable on the side of an already um, prepared seafood. And I'm doing this with oysters and mushrooms Mm. and razor clams and different imported um, canned fish. So I always tell people and I recommend looking for your favorite seafoods in that canned in that canned offering. And I, I found that there are a lot of men, amazing brands that are coming from Portugal and Spain and France and imported um, right to our front door. Yeah, so I love that. I promised we'd get back to it, Lisa. Some people don't know how to cook, right? So where do you start? Um, you know, our website, thechoppingblock.com, is a wealth of information. Nice plug. I had to. But <laughs> it's true. We have really simple recipes that are there. We update them all the time. We have a blog available that all of my staff writes for to make, like I said, cooking more approachable. And one of my favorite blogs that I've written 
um, is a meal prepping blog. And my big motto is working smarter, not harder, mm. where you can spend one day, a little longer day in the kitchen, getting some proteins cooked, whether it's just grilling some chicken or, you know, cooking some shrimp. Then you cook some grains and you have some quinoa or some rice already cooked. Then you process some vegetables. Mm -hmm. And then you're taking from each of these categories to turn them into different pastas or salads or grain bowls. So you're really working hard one day and then the rest of the week you're just kind of matching that together to create a full meal. Yeah. You said that the magic words, meal prep. (laughs) Jordan, i got to loop you in here because that is something that we often hear as a, a strategy for, for saving time. So what do, what are your tips? Oh, I love, I love a good meal prep. Um, I love meal prep for a lot of the reasons that Lisa has also already said, but I mean, you're working hard one day and then the rest of your day is very kind of like all hands off deck, which is <laughs> really what we're looking for in our day to day. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. some of my favorite things to do, um, are also like making soups, those one pot meals. Those are always, you know, my go-to and then focusing on really making a sauce or a, or a spread to use throughout the week. That'll really zhuzh or elevate any meal. Um, so I find myself on Sundays making a lot of, you know, homemade aiolis or chimichurri sauces or peri-peri sauces that then I can use for marinade for for a meal or then I can use for sauce for a meal another day or a dip for, for a snack another day. So um, along with doing your big meal prep, don't forget about the sauces and the seasonings and the yes. spices to really zhuzh up whatever you already have going on. Yeah, I, I was just about to ask you that question because I, I love to use different seasonings. Are there staples that you think everyone should have in their kitchen cabinets? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I mean, I definitely, obviously, all the aromatics I go for, the different varieties of onions, lots of garlic um, are my favorite. But stock up on your herbs, and they don't have to be fresh. I think sometimes we feel like we're cheating if we use dried seasonings, but really it's just a way of preserving. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I always tell people – Find what flavors you love and go from there. I keep a lot of mustard seeds um, and ground mustard in my cabinets, a lot of thyme, a lot of um, a lot of tarragon. But really just find what flavors work for you and what flavor combinations work for you and do not be afraid to keep them in stock in your dry in your dry cabinet. Our Lisa Lobb is here at WBEZ says, I think I often say I hate cooking because it doesn't feel like a calm activity to me. It's like this race to get a meal on the table before everyone in the house gets super grumpy. You're smiling, Lisa. Hanger is a real thing, <laughs> you know. Um, I totally get that. That's It's a frustration that I hear all the time in my classes. Um, and the first thing that I want to say is, you know, take a breath. Like, yeah. just think about what you like to eat, and you'll get there one step at a time, you know? And, and it's a balancing act, right? Because you're you're trying to put out this, like, good meal, but you want to do it fast, right? Exactly. And so how do you take your time and prepare it with love, but get it out quickly before people starve? <laughs> don't, don't jump to the end, right? Everybody gets overwhelmed with thinking about the end product and everything that has to go into it. Like, how am I going to get this all done? And it really just is... Step by step, the the more consistent you can be as far as like your beginning stages, the faster you'll get, the more you do it. Um, but it's always my go to order of operations is get all your knife work done, then yeah. get all your cooking and then you plate. Make somebody else do the dishes. Yeah, love that. <laughs> the really great home chefs that I know, they just seem to be able to make a great dish out of almost 
anything that's in their fridge or, or their pantry. How do you develop that skill, Jordan? Oh, well, lots of practice, one. Um, and sometimes there are moments when, even as a home cook that's been doing it for a very long time, I fail. Um, and I, I always tell people, much much so like, I know this is a, a stressful activity. Cooking can be a stressful activity. But read recipes, you know, read lots of different recipes and read them like they're novels. I will read a recipe with no intent to cook it anytime soon just to get myself familiar with the steps, get myself familiar with what flavors go with what flavors, what things pair with with other things. Um, So I'm always looking for more knowledge. And I think that might be the food historian me is just like, I love to read cookbooks, like historical pieces of work. Um, Another thing is, Take your time and be, it's okay if you fail. You know, you might make something and say, oh, this is not exactly what I had hoped for, but uh-huh. that's, that's gives you room to like grow and take some notes and then apply them to the next meal. And also ask questions, you know, ask people that you know, who love to cook what, what their favorite, you know, techniques are, or their yeah. favorite flavor pairings are, um, and take classes. You know, I think that's a really big one too, is like, don't be afraid to take classes. Yeah. I think this is another plug for the chopping block. Like, yes. Lisa's got a huge that. smile on her face <laughs> you know, uh, that you should see right now. I mean, as I said, I cook a lot at home too, but it's largely out of necessity and I've just got two hungry teenagers. So what else am I going to do? I'm jealous of the people who I know in my life who seem to take a real joy in it. Do you have thoughts, Lisa, about how people can cultivate that love of cooking? That's a really great question. Um, you know, and I think it does. People have an innate want to just be good at everything on that first try. And like Jordan says, it is okay to fail, and and you learn from that. And I think the more you just keep trying, the more you'll start to develop that appreciation and that love for what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I try to tell all of my students, um, you know, there's not a failure. There's just a learning opportunity where you can pivot and adjust during your recipes. So always be tasting as you go. Mm -hmm. That way, you know, you see how things are changing throughout the process. And if you taste something and you're like, oh, I don't really like that. Well, then you can start to think, oh, well, what does this need? What can I do with it? And recipes are sometimes incorrect in terms of the length of time. I've noticed that. Like, I've got that thing in the oven way longer than it said I was yeah. supposed to. And then I'm like, is it just me? Do I just like everything burnt? <laughs> or no, or is this necessary? Or was this was this recipe off? Unfortunately, there's so many variables when it comes to cooking, you know, time and temperature. And right. everybody's oven is different. And everybody, you My know. My oven's just super powerful. Yeah, exactly. And so, <laughs> you know, depending on the size you cut your vegetables, they cook faster or slower. And there's so many things that play into it. So that's why the more you keep doing it, you get that joy and appreciation. But you also get that that feeling of knowing, oh, this is done or this is close. Yeah. What do you think, Jordan? Is it, is it me? Am I the problem? No, not at all. You know, as someone who has rented many, many apartments with many different ovens, um, I can guarantee that ovens are very hard. They're all calibrated differently. One thing that I always recommend is to get an oven thermometer. That way you can ensure your temperature is correct because there are some ovens that are more powerful. There are some ovens that are convection. There are some ovens that are not. So that is something that you have to take into into account. So I definitely recommend um, testing your temperature before you start any recipe. Let's hear from a caller who's been standing by. Here's Jenny in Morgan Park. Hey, Jenny. Welcome to Reset. 
Hi there, and hi, Jordan. This is your mom's friend, Jenny. <laughs> um, I, I am calling because I lost my joy of cooking when my whole family developed a whole smattering of allergies. So it's kind of like I need a project manager in my kitchen. Um, myself and my kids now have celiac, and my husband has an allergy to chicken, of all things. And my other one of my sons can't do dairy or nuts. So I feel like cooking has become this anxiety ridden chore Mm. you know rather than something that i enjoy so i'm wondering if any of your guests have any tips for how to get a joy back in cooking when you have to like walk into the kitchen with all this anxiety around working around allergies yeah (laughs) yeah thanks for calling jenny Uh, let's get quick tips from both of you well you first jordan (laughs) <laughs> Hi, Jenny. I'm so excited to talk to you. Um, well, one of the things that I would ha- recommend is it sounds like you have to take a, a lot of time to plan. So planning is the, is the number one thing here. And I know that it can be a bit challenging with all of these different factors. But to, one of the things that I do to find my joy in the kitchen is plan all my things get all my things set up, say, okay, this is the time that I'm going to cook, you know, meal, meal prep here. This is the time that I'm going to cook, um, my meal for my son. This is the thing that I'm going to prep for my husband and so on and so forth. And then create your favorite playlist, get a playlist going and get your favorite bottle of wine or your favorite beverage of choice. And just remind yourself that this is your time. This, you are in control here. You, the meals are not controlling you. And I think sometimes we forget that is when we walk into the kitchen and we're cooking for other people, we're like, oh, my God, I have to make this so that they like it. This is something I have to make sure that everything is perfect for everyone else. But this is your time to take control in the kitchen. And if you yes. have plans strategically and you have everything in, in order – then you will be able to just like run, run and fly right through the meal. And I think you'll, you'll be great. I love that. Lisa. I love that too, Jordan. Great advice. Um, you got to work with allergies. I mean, yeah. How do you? We host a variety of classes. Um, celiac is a huge um, issue in North America and it's becoming more and more common. So, you know, as chefs, we always need to know how to substitute, how to work around that. Um, and I think that's one of the easiest things now to actually accommodate. Um, there's so many great gluten-free flours out there now, so people can enjoy baked goods, just swapping out, you know, one-to-one flours. Um you know, and things like that. But Jordan's right. It does take a lot of planning. And I think within that planning, you can find that happy place. And I would suggest, you know, finding um, common likes between your family. You know, even though everybody's got different allergies or aversions, you know, find something that everybody can like and kind of focus around that and build off of that. We'll leave it there. Lisa Counts is executive chef at The Chopping Block and Jordan Wimby, a.k.a. Melon and Martha, on Instagram. Thank you both. This episode of Reset was produced by Andrew Merriweather and edited by Ethan Schwab. You can catch other conversations on our show at wbez.org slash reset. And while you're there, be sure to subscribe to our newsletter as well. That'll do it for today. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll talk to you tomorrow.
Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.